I don't know how many of you are uh, avid Candyland players. Uh, raise your hand if you play Candyland on a regular basis. Uh, that means that all of you have grown kids now. That's what I feel like. Uh, this week we were playing Candyland, and if you're familiar uh, with the game, the card to get, especially early on, is the ice cream cone. You want the ice cream cone as soon as possible because that gets you about 15 spaces from winning the game. So sometimes the person that gets the ice cream cone is usually the winner. But sometimes you are not always, that's not always the case because that happened to me this week. Playing and on the first turn, I got the ice cream cone and I cackled in delight because uh, I was going to beat my family. And then a turn or two later, uh, I got the peppermint. Now, the peppermint is the first of the little icons. And so I went from the top of the mountain to the back of the line very quickly. And in that moment, I, uh, I sang out uh, that he is the god of the ice cream cone, but he's also the god of the peppermint. And uh, then that song for service, and my wife leaned over to me and said, all I can think of is Candyland now when we sing the song. So I've made a mistake. Uh, I've gone too far. That's what's happened. Hey, uh, last week we started our new series called The Chosen, and we are looking in to the life of Jesus. Now, we hope to fall in love with Jesus, whether it be for the first time or whether it be that we need to come back and fall in love with him all over again. And last week we looked at the story of the woman at the well from John chapter 8 and how Jesus turned this ordinary, simple conversation, this daily routine of this woman into a life-changing experience for, that, for her and all of her friends and neighbors. And we saw that Jesus knows us completely more than anybody else, but He also loves us completely more than anyone else. And He will overcome any barrier that you try to put up just so He can reach you. And it is, of course, no accident that the title of our series is also the title of the hit TV series. And I just want to remind you that we're here every week, every Sunday in November. We're watching two episodes together here in this room uh, each Sunday evening at 6 p.m. And we would love for you to come out and join us. Uh, if you weren't able to join us last week in person, that's okay. You can come tonight. Uh, and if you weren't able to come, I hope that you watch the first couple episodes on your own at home. Uh, if you need more information on how you can watch it at home, you can always scan our QR code and right on our announcement page, there's the website that you can kind of go to. It's free. Uh, they want everybody they can to experience this, not because it's some like cheesy rip that uh, isn't great. You know, it's like a, it's one, it's something you'd be like, of course, this is free. No, this is really well done. And really, they just want the people, as many people as possible to experience the life of Jesus and again, fall in love with him. And so, you know, we want you to experience that with us. Uh, what's funny is last, we aren't trying to sync up any of our sermons with the episodes that we're watching that particular week, yet last week's message went along perfectly with the first episode of season one. And so, uh, you know, the series is really well done with us. Again, we'll be out here at 6 p.m. every Sunday in November, and uh, there's child care provided if you want to bring the family. We've got people to watch your kids. And perhaps most importantly, we have popcorn. And so uh, that might be the reason to come out. Well, I don't have any raisinets. I don't have any snow caps or anything like that, but I do have popcorn. This morning's message is titled, He Invites Me. And we're going to be looking at another story from the life of Jesus. 
And we're going to be looking at John chapter 1 and see the power of an invitation. Now, if you've ever been to a big a big dinner, a big party, you know how it feels to be well of enough by the person extending the invitation to invite you. And it can make you feel like, oh man, I'm a big shot. I got an invite. Not everybody was invited to this. No, no, I puff out your chest a little bit. I got invited to this. I mean, this person thought enough of me to invite me to their event. And an invitation can be a sign that you're close enough with somebody to be invited to, to their party. It can be a, a sign that you're, you've advanced far enough in the relationship to be invited to meet the parents. It can be a sign that you're, you're high enough in the company to be invited to this exclusive event. It can be a sign that you're trusted enough not to show up at the black tie affair in your hoodie and cut off jean shorts. And it feels good to be invited to things, doesn't it? You know, the, the Bible is full of invitations. And there are 55 specific invitations from God throughout the Bible. Actually, you could sum up the entire Bible as the great invitation from God to His children to the greatest event yet to be held. The wedding supper of the Lamb. In Revelation 19.9, the Apostle John writes that the angel, or the angel told him to write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then the angel says, these are the true words of God. And guess what? If you're a Christian, you are invited to this amazing event, to the, the most amazing of all dinner parties, the grand event. You have been invited. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great party, the greatest that's ever been seen. They'll probably even have queso there. And even in the Old Testament, there are invitations from God. In Isaiah chapter 1, there's an invitation to forgiveness from God. In Isaiah 55, there's an invitation to be satisfied in God. And throughout the Bible, there are invitations to a relationship with God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Jesus invites us into a personal relationship with God through a personal relationship with himself. And in John chapter 1, we see the power of that invitation. Well, by now, I hope you've got the hint and started turning your Bible over to John chapter 1. And we're going to be starting out in verse 35 this morning. I'm going to read verses 35 to 51 for us, and I hope that you'll follow along. Now, there are a lot of Johns mentioned in this passage. Now, just to clarify, the person writing is the apostle, the disciple John, and the person mentioned in the text is John the Baptist. So try to keep that straight. The next day, John the Baptist, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, 
this is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And now that we've read that scripture together, I want to talk a little bit about invitations this morning. And so first let's look at how Jesus invites me. Gospel, the Apostle John, his gospel is all about explaining who Jesus is. And so he starts out by identifying him as the eternal and incarnate word, the logos made flesh. And then moves quickly to the witness, John the baptizer, who was preaching in the wilderness and making himself known amongst the people and amongst the Jewish, Jewish leaders. And they asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, no. Are you Elijah? He said, no. Are you a prophet? No. Well, then who are you? John said, I'm just a voice of someone inviting you to get to know God's chosen one. And then the next day, John is standing with a couple of his followers when Jesus walks by, the very man that he's pointing people towards. And so he points at him and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says, that's him right there. That's the guy. He just, he's there, right there. He must increase and I must decrease. And when those two disciples of John heard what John said, they went over and they started following Jesus. And when Jesus noticed them, what do you guys want? And they said, where are you staying? Now, this proves that Jesus is better than me because if two random started following me and when I asked what they were up to, they said, where are you staying? I'd be like, get away from me, you creeper. Stop stalking me. That's weird. I don't want you being around me right now. But Jesus is better. And while he could have said, it's none of your business where I live, he's not there to turn people away. Now, he's there to invite people in. And so he said, come and see. Isn't that a great invitation? So simple, yet so powerful. Jesus says, I have nothing to hide. Come and see for yourself. And so they did. And John says that they stayed with Jesus for the rest of the day. Come and see. And that may have seemed like such a small and insignificant invitation at the time to, to come and see but oh how it turned into something much bigger small invitations have a way of doing that don't they 
You know, as kids, we might be walking through the lunchroom. We don't know who to sit with. But someone invites you to sit at their lunch table. And it turns into a friendship that can last for years. Most romantic relationships, they start with, with a text. Maybe a call or just a, a small invitation. Hey, do you want to get coffee sometime? It turns into something bigger. Small invitations can have implications. Especially when it comes to Jesus. Can you remember when you first met Jesus? you remember that moment? That moment that came into your life? That moment that you accepted Him? And you wondered today, man, how could, how could anybody ever say no to Jesus? Do you know how much He loves you? But many have and still do say no to Him today. I mean, maybe you're today and you haven't said yes to Him yet. I hope that might change as you sit here this morning. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus invites His disciples to follow Him. Matthew writes, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Well, at once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so first we see here that Jesus' invitation to us is an invitation to follow him. And to follow Jesus means to, to study his life, to, to listen to his teachings, to obey his commands, to love what he loves and hate what he hates. It means to deny ourselves, to, to pick up our cross daily and follow him. And whether you realize it or not, you're following somebody here this morning. Because it's part of our DNA. It's part of how we're wired. Part of how we are created to, to follow Jesus. To follow our Creator. To worship them. And so if you're not following Jesus, if you're not worshiping the Creator, while well, you're worshiping somebody. You're following somebody, you just might not realize it. And so maybe you're following yourself. Maybe you're following your spouse. Maybe you're following your friends or coworkers, your boss. Whoever it is, these people will all disappoint you because they're human. They're not Jesus. And that's why it's time to start following Jesus now. We also see in this, in this passage that Jesus invites us to a new purpose in life. He told these men, follow me, and I'll change not just your profession, but your mission in life as well. You won't just be fishermen anymore, you'll be fishers of men. And though most of us this morning are not professional fishermen, Jesus can still give you a new mission and purpose in life too. And no longer be just about you any longer. It won't be just be about meeting your needs and pleasing whatever you want to do. It'll become about others and meeting their needs, about loving others. Our purpose will be a part of Christ's grand purpose for us all. And so Jesus invites me, and then look what happens. I invite someone else. See, the author John, he tells us that Andrew was one of the two men who spent the day with Jesus and began following him. And what did Andrew do immediately after spending that time with Jesus? He went and found his brother Simon Peter. 
And you can, you can hear the excitement in his voice in verse 41. He says, we have found the Messiah, brother. We, we found the guy that we've been looking for, the guy we've been waiting on, the guy that the prophets foretold. He's here. I met him. Without an ounce of doubt, Andrew knows he has found the Messiah after spending just a few hours with him. And as soon as he realizes that, man, he takes off and he's got to share it. He's got to invite somebody else. He's got to invite his brother Peter to meet Jesus too. Once Simon Peter meets Jesus, Jesus changes his name to Peter right away. And he gives him a new purpose in life, just like he had done for the other disciples. And if you know Peter, and you know that he took that new purpose and he ran with it. He became one of Jesus' closest friends. He was a, a sponge for Jesus' teaching. He, he, wanted just, he just wanted to do right by Jesus. Whatever you want to teach me, Lord, that's what I want to know. And eventually he led the formation and the multiplication of the church. But it all started because Jesus invited Andrew and Andrew invited Simon. But that wasn't it. See, before Jesus left that town, he invites another man named Philip to follow him. And when Philip became convinced of who Jesus was, well, he goes and invites a man named Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel was also known as Bartholomew. And Bartholomew was later killed for converting the king of Armenia to Christianity. I mean, think about that. Jesus invites who invites Nathaniel or Bartholomew, and it leads to him evangelizing to the leader of a nation. So you, you never know what God can do through your invitation to someone else. And all of us, we all have a story. Your story is unique to you with its different plot twists and turns. And so just share your story with people and then put an invite on the end of it. It's not a bragamony, as Charles Wendell said, it's a testimony. And Philip's invite was simple. Andrew's invite was simple. Andrew said, we have found the Messiah. Come and see. Philip's invite was simple. Come and see who this is. I found him. You know, I love the incident in John chapter 12, verse 20, when, when some Greeks, they come to Philip and they say, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And don't we all wish that it was that easy to evangelize? See, we get held back because we don't get it weird with people. We don't want to invade people's space or anything. But what if they all came to us? Wouldn't that be great? You can just stand there and people would be like, tell me more about this Jesus. I've been waiting for this, right? That's kind of how it happened here. And Philip goes to Andrew and said, hey, these guys have to see Jesus. Let's make that happen. And they did. They brought them to Jesus. So sometimes it's inviting somebody else. But sometimes it's be ready, being ready for somebody to invite themselves into your life. Do you know that according to the American Church Growth Institute, you know, they surveyed 10,000 church members about why they started coming to church. And nearly 80% of them said, because someone invited me. Because someone invited me. That is the power of an invitation. Who was it that invited you? Why are you here today? Who was that person that went out on a limb and invited you to know the Savior? Remember last week we talked about why Jesus knew the, the ways to connect with the woman at the well. He knew specifically how to connect with her, how she would best see who he was, because he knew her completely. 
And that's why the people that are around us every day, the people that are in our circle of influence, the people that we know maybe better than anybody else in our life, those are the people that we need to be trying to reach because we know how to connect them with Jesus. See, it's not information that's going to bring people in. It's an invitation that gets people started on the road to a relationship with Jesus. Now, I want to give you a a little preview of of what our church theme is going to be for 2022. It's crazy that we're only six weeks away from the new year. But in 2022, we're going to to be focusing on this Pray for One campaign, this Pray for One theme. As part of that, we're going to be asking you to call Gateway Home to pray for one person, to decide on one person in your circle of influence who needs to know Jesus. They might not even know it yet, but that's what they need. They need Jesus in their life. And what if each one of us would pray for that one person and build a stronger relationship with that one person and watch for an opportunity to invite that one person to something, to to some event, to some service, to some group gathering, or maybe it's just to some conversation where you could introduce them to Jesus. What if we took a personal responsibility for somebody in our life that needs to know about Jesus to stop just glossing over it, to stop trying not to be weird about it, to stop not trying to interfere and just say, you know what? I want you to know about Jesus because he's a big part of my life and I think you'd be awesome if you knew him too. Just think of how many lost people we could reach if we were intentional about reaching just one person at a time. Because that's our main mission, to reach people for Christ, to reach the lost and make disciples. That's our purpose for being here, right? It's the command, the commission that Jesus gave before he left. And so next year, we want to be intentional about praying for one and who God can bring into our lives. To finish up this morning, there's one more aspect to the power of an invitation, and it's when someone else invites someone else. See, Jesus invites me, I invite someone else, and it leads to someone else inviting someone else. And there's a lot of someone else's in there, but that's kind of the point, right? Again, remember the, the woman at the well last week, as soon as she had that experience with Jesus, she went and told everyone in the town about her experience. Eventually, then everyone in the town was telling everyone else about Jesus. And when we experience Jesus, man, it just makes you want to tell others about it. When you have experienced him and the life-changing power that he provides, you just want to tell people about it. You want to invite people into your story. And when you look at Jesus' ministry early on, he had to tell other people not to share what he had done for them. Oh, it's not time yet. I know you're really excited. It's not time yet. And even then, there were still people who were like, I can't help myself. i got to tell you about what happened to me, right? He changes lives, and it makes people want to share and invite them into the story as well. In Acts 8, we read that persecution broke out against the Christians of the Jerusalem church where Peter was a pillar. And a man named Saul, who we know later would be Paul, he was leading the charge against these Christians. And the Apostle Luke in Acts, he writes that that all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. They all took off. They ran for their lives. And you might think, man, that's a really dark period. 
But just like God always has a way of doing, he turned the ugly and made it beautiful. So everybody takes off, but it wasn't without a purpose because when persecution broke out amongst them and against them, they didn't shut up, they spoke out. And verse 4 says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Boy, that backfired, didn't it? They had them all centralized in one place, and then when they scattered them, the word, the gospel spread. They said, you know, no, no, you may drive us out, but you're not going to shut us up. And do you know what happened next? Christianity exploded on the world map as someone else told someone else who told someone else who shared the gospel with someone else, and eventually... Someone told you and me. Did you know that after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter and Andrew, they became this evangelistic team together. These two brothers, they went out. And they left Galilee and began seeking the lost tribes of Israel. As part of that, to a part of the world that we now call Great Britain, Greece, and also Bulgaria. They established churches there and started Christianity among a group called the Anglos and the Saxons, who lived along the Black Sea. Well, around 449 A.D., Britain was settled by hundreds of thousands of new people who were not around in Peter's day. Do you know who it was? It was the Anglos and the Saxons. And guess what they brought with them? They brought the gospel with them. And Great Britain eventually became 80% Christian. And do you know... Who came from Great Britain then? The pilgrims. It's Thanksgiving, right? We had to have a Thanksgiving message. The pilgrims, they come from Great Britain. And do you know what the pilgrims brought with them to the New World, to America? That's right. They brought Thanksgiving turkeys. But do you know what else they brought? Their Christian faith. See, we have Christianity in America today largely because of the pilgrims who got it from the Anglos and Saxons, who got it from Peter and Andrew. Someone else to someone else to someone else. Friends, don't overlook the power of an invitation. It can change your life. It can change the life of your family and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. It can change an entire nation. And so... With invitations being so powerful, why wait until 2022 to start praying for one? Why not start today? See, when I said that, you might have known somebody that popped up right away. A name, a face, you were like, I know who it is. I know I've been wanting to do it for a while. I know I've needed to do it for a while. I know who I'm going to share it with. Or maybe you heard that and you just drew a no clue. And so if that's you, start praying for God to show you who your one is. God, reveal to me who it is and put me in situations to share the gospel with them, to invite them to know Jesus. So you might be surprised who will say yes to your invite and who will say yes to an invite to know Jesus. And here's the thing, December is a great month to invite people to church. People love Christmas. They get hopped up, sugar and nostalgia. I mean, you it's a joyful time. Just keep them away from the mall. I mean, that's, this is the time. People love Christmas. They just sometimes don't know that Christ is the reason for it. And so why wait until the new year? Why not start now and say, you know what? Would you like to come with me? Can I talk to you about this in the middle of this Christmas season? 
Now, earlier we said that the Bible is full of invitations. And so I want to end on one this morning that will remind you of the one at the well, but it speaks to our deepest need as well. It was actually our focus verse this morning, but I want to go over it, read it one more time. It's Revelation twenty two seventeen. The same Apostle John has been with us throughout. He says, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Friends, the invitation for Jesus has been extended to all of us. Will you say yes to him today? Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful that we can gather here this morning. And we can look at the life of Jesus and see how a simple invitation, come and see, how that simple invitation changed the world forever. Father, in many ways, when we knew your son, when we first knew your son Jesus, through an invite and it changed our world forever too so Father this morning I pray for those that may not have received that invitation that they would hear that you're calling out to them that they would hear that your son Jesus is ready to knock down any barrier it might take to get to them because his love is so immense he's inviting us to know him to make him the Lord of our lives. He's inviting us to accept the free gift of salvation. So Father, I pray that we have, if we have not accepted that gift, if we've not accepted Jesus and made him the king of our lives, that we would do that this morning. Father, if we've come here and we accepted that invitation long ago, I pray that we would hear this as a battle cry to go out and invite someone else so they can invite someone else and they can invite someone else and so on that we can spread the gospel through one person at a time through one invite at a time that we may not simply rest in a life of forgiveness and salvation but that we would accept the mission set before us by Jesus to reach the lost to love others, to love our neighbors, and to make disciples. Father, I pray this morning we would leave here with a personal responsibility for somebody in our lives to reach them this Christmas season as we head into it, that you would put somebody on our hearts to extend that invitation to them. Father, we're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your grace and your son, Jesus without whom this invitation wouldn't be possible. But we're thankful that Jesus came and died on the cross, that our sin would be washed away, that the barrier between us and you would be torn down, and that he would defeat the grave and overcome the world so that we can have the hope of eternity with you. Father, for those that need to hear, I pray that their heart would be open this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
In Luke chapter 9, Jesus invited several people to follow. To follow me, to, to come and see. But they thought they had more important things to do at the time. Ah, right now is not a good time. Maybe tomorrow I can come back. He said, no, no. Right now is the time. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus invites the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler had, I had done everything right, but Jesus said, you need to go and, and get rid of all your possessions. You've built up all these things. They're blocking you from fully accepting me. And the rich young ruler walked away sad because he loved his possessions more. He wasn't ready to fully surrender to Jesus. Friends, Jesus is inviting you into a personal relationship with him this morning. Please don't walk away from that invitation. There's no better day than today to accept. Don't think that you have things to do that are more important than following Jesus. More important to give your heart to than Jesus because there's nothing more important than a relationship with Him. Because Jesus is the Father. The only way sin washed away so you can have eternity with our Creator. So this morning, maybe you want to respond to the invitation of Jesus. So if you believe ready and you need prayer, come. If you're ready to repent, come. If you want to identify with Christ in baptism, come. If you want to put roots down in this church, come. If you want to surrender and accept the invitation, come. I'll be right down front and I'd love to talk with you about whatever God has put on your heart this morning. Let's stand and sing our final song.